Welcome to the Foot and Ankle Project, where we stride into the world of foot and ankle pain, function, and performance. I'm your host, Tim Pargeter. In each episode, we dive into expert insights, athlete stories, and helpful solutions for those seeking improvement of their pain and performance. I hope you enjoy and share. Hello and welcome back to the Foot and Ankle Project. This is the 11th episode of the project and I really hope that you are enjoying the episodes that we're putting out. If that's the case, it would mean the world to me and it'd be great for the podcast if you could leave a nice simple review. It's just one tap of the thumb and you can do that via whatever app you are listening to this, whether it be Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Now, on to the episode today. This week in the clinic, I've been having a lot of conversations about returning to running after injury or pain, and I thought that it would be a really great place to have a conversation about today because I feel like it can be really helpful for people who are struggling, and I think what tends to happen is that we tend to overcomplicate this process, and so what I'm going to take you through today is just some of the advice that I tend to give around returning to run after injury and pain, and look, there are a lot of similarities to to heading into running if you're a beginner um, in terms of what a return to run looks like for someone who's been through injury and pain or if you're a beginner. So there will be some things that might have a bit of crossover from the previous episodes and times that we've spoken about that. Uh, More specifically, that was episode eight, which was tips for beginner runners. And there's certainly a lot of crossover there. And what I generally build upon is is the pyramid of volume, frequency, and intensity. And that's that we want to build volume first, then we build frequency, and then we add in intensity. And that certainly carries over to anyone who is returning into running after they've had an injury or pain. So generally, my really big indicator for a readiness of returning to run is hopping. And the reason for that is simply because running is a series of single leg hops, which I've said a million times already through the previous episodes. And that is generally a really big part of my rehabilitation process for people who have been through injury or pain and want to get into running simply because of the requirements and the load associated with running. And so pending that someone is doing some form of hopping doubles, single leg and etc. then usually I'm pretty happy to have a bit of a talk about returning to run uh, simply because I know that you know there is enough capacity there for them to complete the movements required to get themselves back into running. So one of the other really good indicators that I have for people getting back into running is that I I try to get them do quite, to do quite a lot of walking and the reason for that is because they're still accumulating volume through the feet and the ankles and the calves just without that slightly higher loading that is associated with running and so if people can walk really consistently and have low symptoms or no symptoms when they're walking then generally what I tend to do is I, I pick up the pace from walking into a very slow jog uh, and that's usually how I how I begin to get them going. Now What I always say to people is when we're turning back into running, especially after they've had an injury or pain, is that the running doesn't always have to happen pain-free. And this one's really important because I feel like that quite commonly we're trying to chase a phase of time during rehabilitation where there's zero pain. 
And I think the reality is, is that all you're going to do if you're chasing that is that you're going to have a longer timeline to return into running when realistically we can very safely get you back into running earlier with low symptoms. And I always say they must be low. They always, they, they also must be stable. And so what I mean by low and stable symptoms is that I don't want you to go out for a run and then have a reflare of your symptoms, let it come down again, go for a run, have a reflare of your symptoms and just go back through that cycle. What I would rather, if there is pain around surrounding your return to run, is that it is more of a discomfort that you can handle and you can tolerate. And generally, the number out of 10 that we talk about is it's a three or four out of 10 and below, and that we want your symptoms to remain stable whether you're running or not. And so what I mean by that is, you know, if, if I talk about someone with an Achilles tendinopathy, Generally, they're struggling with morning stiffness. And if they don't have a significantly higher amount of morning stiffness the day after they've done running, then generally I'm happy because the amount of load that we applied with that first or second running session hasn't been enough to re-flare them back into higher levels of symptoms that they're struggling with. So I think that's a really important thing that I try to get across as a message is to say, right, It's okay to have pain when we're coming back to run. It's okay to have some discomfort. There can be low symptoms. As long as they stay low and stable, then I'm happy as long as the client is, of course, to get back into a low amount of running as we build up. Because at the end of the day, like we talk a lot about managing load and then increasing capacity. Running is still a really important form of capacity building. And what I mean by that is that you know, people who do a lot of running generally have pretty robust joints and they have robust, you know, calves and feet and those sort of things. And when we are away from that type of loading, the capacity to handle running is, it always reduces. If you have 12 weeks off running in total, that's a 12 week reduction in your capacity to handle running. So the, so So getting people back into that is still a form of rehabilitation because we're applying slow, gentle, moderate loads just so we can progressively overload them so they can adapt and get stronger and continue through their rehab plan. So pending someone's happy and I generally always am to say, right, I know there's some low symptoms around still, but if you're happy, I'm pretty happy to get you back into some running as long as we don't flare you up. Then that conversation can be really positive because the nature of it is that, you know, the people... The reason people generally come in to see a clinician is because the pain is stopping them from doing what they want to do. If we can get to a point where the pain isn't stopping them, then people are generally really happy and positive about their rehabilitation journey because they're making positive steps in terms of getting closer back to their goal or whatever they're trying to achieve. So having that in mind, it's it's I think it's a really good frame to say, right, let's transition your rehab into more running based work now and then slowly build you up in that area so that we're so we're still getting you closer to that goal of returning to running if that's what it is uh, and we're still building a good amount of capacity and strength at the same time so what what i generally start with with uh, a return to run post injury uh, is I, i utilize run walks and a run walk essentially or a nice example of a run walk is a, the, my, my most classic and used one for return to run, the first one up, is I do one minute of walking, one minute of slow jogging and I repeat that 10 times which is about a 20 minute session in total. Now when I talk about slow jogging, it's always that zone two, zone one, two, slow conversational based running where you're simply just moving faster than a walk. And how I think about this is I say, right, you know, when you're walking, you might be loading up your, you know, your soleus muscle, you know, six times body weight. 
when you're sprinting, it really only gradually improves up to about eight times body weight, which is still a lot, but it's not a huge spike. So if we can just take you from walking into a slow jog, the amount of load going through the structure might only jump up, you know, 10%. And again, this is, this is not based on actual numbers here. But it's, it's the idea that we can move you from walking into a really slow, nice, smooth jog without having significantly higher loads put through the structures that might begin to signal pain as opposed to going and going like, let's do a walk and then let's do a, a moderate pace, which we know is going to have a potentially too much of a load going through the structure. We just go walk into really slow jog walk into really slow jog and again the introduction of the walks in between the runs essentially manages any of the intensity that's associated with that with intensity become comes fatigue with fatigue there might be some changes in the movement patterns and changes in the ability of the muscles to actually load correctly or 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 not load put greater loads through the injured tissue or recovering tissue that might be signaling pain so that that's a really common way that I tend to do that is is through the run walk. And look, I always say to people, you you pick your pace because you know I have a variety of runners who come in. We've got general pop, we've got you know people who are running very fast, a lot of case per week. Someone who doesn't have a huge running background and isn't running the higher paces, their slow could be a you know a seven thirty minute k. Someone who is a little bit faster, slow could be a six minute kilometer. And we're just trying to just find for them right. What's your slow? Let's just get you really good here because at the end of the day, yes, we're not intensity, but at least we're getting you back into some running and we can just build some really good baseline volume at this low level whilst we continue doing your rehabilitation to get you into these higher intensity levels of activity or running that you want to do that's going to be closer to what you were doing prior to your injury. So as usual, and what I generally see is build your volume and, and then we can begin to introduce the frequency and intensity depending on how people are recovering from their symptoms as they go through. So the progression from the, the starting return to run of one on, one off generally goes to one minute walk, two minute run. Into, and, and again, I'm still stick around that 20 minute mark. I then go into a one minute walk, three minute jog, 20 minute mark, around 20 minutes. So it could be, you know, seven sets or six sets of that. And then I generally progress it up to around 10 minutes. And from there, I begin to build that out. So as you would see, it is a progressive plan. So it just slowly increases the amount of running per session. And for some people, that might be an increase per session. For other people, that might be an increase per week. It just depends on what they're working towards, how symptomatic they were, what the actual injury was in the first place. And then we, we can build them up from there. So it's a really simple and effective one that, you know, if you're listening to this and you are coming back from injury and you're struggling, you could probably implement that with yourself and, and, and do that quite safely is to transition from that walk run because half the time you're walking, which we know that you're doing with very low or no symptoms, the other half the time you're just doing a mild slow jog that's just a greater level of loading than what you've been doing with your walk. So I can confidently say, hey, the tissue should be able to tolerate this relatively well. But again, everyone's always different. So if it tends to flare you up, then maybe we need to do further work in improving your capacity in other areas of your rehab. So it's, you know, how's your strength and conditioning going? How's your offloading going through your shoes? You know, do we need to change the loading via whatever's in your shoes, whether it be through some padding, some some taping, uh, an orthotic, whatever that may be, to just modify that to get people back into what they need to be doing. 
So it's it's a really simplistic approach, which I always think is best. We don't need to overcomplicate this, in my opinion, because the more complex it is, the harder the more people have to think about, and the focus is just getting them back into running that they they want and usually need to be doing. So uh, that is how I tend to get people back into running. Now, uh, the the thing that I keep in mind with this is that. You don't have to progress at an extreme pace either. So for some people, they might say, right, I've done the one-off, one-on-one-off. I've done the one-on-two-off. I've got to the one-on-three and I'm really struggling at that pace. So it might be like, okay, we are, let's you know take it back to one and two and let's maintain there for a few sessions until you get used to that and then you can skip it up again. So it doesn't have to be every session is more or every week is more. It could be that, right, let's find your threshold and see where you can maintain without a flare and symptoms hang on there for a little while until we can build some capacity around that and get used to it and then you can begin to ramp it up from there. So it doesn't have to be every single thing is progressed. It can be, you know, you can progress, hold, hold, progress, 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 hold. It, it just really depends on, on what your symptoms are and how well you're progressing. So there's no real hard and fast rule with that. It's whatever suits you based on what you've got going on at that time and how, how you're being managed by your practitioner. Now, if you are finding that super helpful, then great. Feel free to shoot me an email and let me know. If you are struggling with it and you, you know, you're wanting some advice, all the information about where we are is on, in the show notes. Um, we tend to put a lot of this information out through our social media channels as well, which is this is Foot and Ankle. We are on Instagram and Facebook. And so we're t- trying to put as much information out there as we can so that you can hopefully help yourself if you need to. But otherwise, obviously, we're, we're here to help guide and manage you as you need. As usual, if you have any questions or if there's any topics you'd like us to have a chat about on, on the podcast, feel free to send us an email. The email address is in the show notes. And otherwise, I would like you to have a lovely week. We are going to be having some exciting guests coming up through the podcast heading hopefully late this year, certainly heading into 2024. Um, I've got a variety of guests lined up from runners to coaches to runners and coaches themselves. Um, and, and basically what I want to do is is to try and add in further value and try and just build on the experience that these great guests have so that you can add more into your current routine, whether you're a runner, whether you're a walker, whether you're a clinician looking to try and learn a little bit more. Uh, but there's certainly some really exciting guests that are sitting in the wings ready to go. So keep an ear out for those ones. Otherwise, have a lovely week and I will talk to you next time. 